0: Taking the time to understand your family money values is an investment in your relationships and your happiness. Welcome to the Smart Money Mama Show, where moms get real about money to help you find your financial confidence and live your best life. Now let's talk money, mamas. Hey there, mamas. I'm your host, Chelsea Brennan, and today we're talking about family. Namely, the importance of defining your family money values and beliefs. When you're part of a family, in your relationship with your partner, your role as a parent, or even outside your immediate home, as a sibling or a daughter, you know we're not making money decisions in a vacuum. We can work on our own money mindset, think about our goals and values. We can determine what thriving means for us and go after it. And there's power in that. We all have some level of control over our financial situation. But often, someone else has a say too, and their thoughts and beliefs matter. For the month of May, we're talking about how family influences our finances, how you can manage careers when you and your partner both work, how to raise independent, confident kids, handling your money with aging parents, and more. Because once you start doing the work on your money mindset and your true goals, you have to consider how to combine your vision and beliefs with the other people in your life. Let me give you an example. One of the most common questions I get from moms in our community is How do I get my partner on board? That can be on board with getting out of debt, saving more for retirement, changing careers, you name it really. They've learned and gotten excited about a journey, but as soon as they start implementing their ideas, they're getting pushback and it's discouraging. And the second part of that is almost always, how do I explain to my kids the changes we're making? Or how do I help them avoid getting stuck in the same situation I'm in now in the future? We want our loved ones to understand, to have buy-in, to be on our team, and work together towards a shared goal. For that, open and honest communication is paramount, as it is with almost all aspects of life. But since we're not going to agree on everything, I believe all families need to know their shared value system, so money conversations of all kinds can be grounded in the places where you do agree. And mamas, this isn't just about what you want your money to do for you. It's also about understanding and being conscious of your partner's money story, laying out the money mantras and lessons you want your kids to learn, setting boundaries around the influence extended family is allowed to have on your decisions. And yes, of course, what your goals are as a family. This practice of defining your family money values is an incredible way to start or improve money conversations with your spouse or other family members. It doesn't start in past wrongs or who spends more at Starbucks. It starts with who we are and what we believe, then figuring out how to use money as a tool to express those values. So today, we're going to walk through some of the big pillars of defining your own family money values, the major conversations to have, and the things to watch out for. If you want to do this exercise with your family, we have a free Family Money Values template for you to download in the show notes at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 29. You can create a gorgeous one-page summary of your family's money priorities to keep yourselves focused on what's truly important. All right, are you ready? Let's talk about your family money values. The first step to defining your family money values is to understand the players. Money is emotional. We talk about that all the time here, Right. We all have emotional relationships with money and deep-seated beliefs about how money works in the world. Those beliefs may or may not be true, and we might be working to change them, but they're there and they impact us. In the first ever episode of the Smart Money Mama Show, we talked about embracing the power of money mindset. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I highly recommend you go back and check it out. Understanding our own money stories and making sure those narratives align with what we truly believe and who we want to be is important to managing money with confidence and being able to reach our goals. But when we step into a relationship, suddenly there are two money stories that have to be honored. Before we can really start to set family money values, we have to take the time to first understand our own money stories, our hangups and beliefs, and find a way to express those things to our partners. This requires some real vulnerability because we're not just talking about cold, hard numbers. We're talking about things we've long seen as quote unquote truths, that money only leads to arguments or that it's impossible to get ahead. And we're also talking about the things that scare us and trigger our deepest anxieties. I've talked before about my own money story of thinking having wealth meant I was worthy of love and the flip side of that, that if I didn't have money, I wouldn't be lovable. Telling Jeremiah that was scary as hell, partly because it was directly tied to our relationship, right? There was a part of me that really thought if I directly addressed that I made less money than I used to, he'd somehow have this awakening of, of course, she's not worthy of my time anymore. But also because I knew it sounded foolish, even though that's how I felt. And I didn't want him to diminish the experiences that led me to that belief or write off my fear. I wanted him to hear me. When we talk about money stories and fears, we need to trust our loved ones to respect where we're coming from and listen without judgment. And once we've laid out our story, we need to listen to our partner's experiences with the same patience and understanding. It's so easy to assume that what we believe is what our partner believes, especially because most of us haven't spent a lot of time analyzing our own thoughts on the matter. They're just facts of life, even though they often aren't. But our partners had whole lives and experiences before us, things that formed how they think about the world and about money. Understanding those stories can help you understand what their trigger points are, let you learn how to best communicate with them. It could be as simple as your partner's parents always arguing about money at the dinner table. So when you bring up any money-related question at dinner, even just a casual question of whether he sent a check to the town for garbage pickup, he gets incredibly frustrated and refuses to answer. In the past, maybe you saw that as him refusing to ever talk about money. But with a little understanding and discussion, you may find that setting aside 20 minutes a week to chat about money away from the dinner table and away from the kids makes things easier on both of you. Which brings up another important thing. Chatting with your partner about how both of your parents handled their money. Likely this plays into both of your money stories already. Yet since both of your parents are likely still part of your life, You'll get some insight into their beliefs and hangups as well. It might tell you a bit about why your in-laws are so afraid of you changing careers or why they're so insistent you buy a house. It won't mean you have to listen to them, but understanding and compassion for all the people in your family is helpful. Not to mention, it gives you and your partner an opportunity to discuss how much quote-unquote advice you're willing to hear from your parents and what you will and won't share with them about your own finances. Sharing and understanding money beliefs is the hardest part of this process because it's so emotional, but it's a crucial building block for effective family money values because money arguments are rarely about what's happening in the moment. It's not about overspending on groceries again or wanting to talk about the budget or what your partner said about your promotion. It's about some prior belief or fear that's being brought up by what's happening in the moment. Just like our example of talking about money at the dinner table. And if we're honest about what those trigger points are for our loved ones, we can have more relaxed conversations about money that respect their past experiences and make space for where they're trying to grow. Now that we understand our partners and our loved ones, it's time for our second step, talking about values. What matters most to you? These aren't necessarily money-related things, like what I value most is a nice house, but your broader values. Do you value charity and giving, independence, security, quality family time, taking care of the environment? We all have many things that are important to us and that we value. At this point in your family money values exercise, I want you to take a moment to brainstorm on your own. Have your partner, if you have one, do the same. Each write down everything you can think of that is of value to you. Then narrow it down to your top three to five values and think about why those things are important to you. How do they influence your sense of contentment and happiness? How do they bring you towards a thriving life? Finally, come together and share your values. Figure out where you have overlap and common ground. For values that aren't on your partner's page but are on yours, share why you included them and what they mean to you. Through this conversation, work to come together on your family's core values. What things will always be a priority in your home? Having these core values is going to help you choose meaningful Long term life goals. It's going to help you make decisions on how you use your money and come back to basics when things are feeling a little out of control. It will also help you define later on what you're willing to spend money on that other people might not, and what expenses you'll take a pass on that others may view as important. These shared values give you permission to live and spend true to who you are, not who other people expect you to be. Okay, so we understand our loved ones' money stories, and we've set our values as a family. The third step is to define what security means to you. What makes you feel safe? We know in Maslow's hierarchy of needs that a sense of security is a basic human need. For us to grow and thrive, we have to first feel safe. And this actually comes before love and belonging, which is why when we don't feel secure, our relationships suffer. We make bad decisions. We lash out and pick fights. We hide things that we probably shouldn't. According to a survey from creditcards.com, almost one in five Americans are hiding a checking, savings, or credit card account from their partner. One in five. If we want to have a stable relationship with our partner that doesn't lead to unnecessary money fights or hidden checking accounts, we have to make sure we both feel safe and secure. This is the time to identify what you need for financial security. This could be a certain size emergency fund, stable housing, your own career, not being in consumer debt, or even two weeks of groceries consistently in the fridge. For some people, especially those who have faced financial abuse in the past, it might mean having your own checking account with some extra cash in it, just in case. Having a security discussion in defining your family money values can make expressing those needs not about not trusting and loving your partner or wanting to hide something from them, but instead make it about how your partner respecting those needs helps you heal past hurts. Lay out what security looks like for your family and commit to respecting those minimum boundaries and not making choices that sacrifice those basics. And if you're not currently in a place to provide those levels of safety, have a plan to get there. We're going to talk about kids' roles and our family money values in just a bit, but this is also a time to talk about the type of security we want to provide for our kids and to revisit our own money stories we talked about earlier. Did you or your partner ever feel financially unsafe as a child, and how did it impact you? Are there conversations about money you don't want your kids to hear, or is there a better way you can talk to them about certain things? As a family unit, we need to make sure that our loved ones always feel secure, It's a basic human need that will allow your whole family to reach their full potential. Before we move on to step four, I want to remind you that you can download your free Family Money Values template in the show notes at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 29 to create a lovely summary of your family's values. All right, step four. Now that we know our values and what makes us feel secure, we've got to set a long-term vision. Where are you headed? Personally, goal setting is one of my favorite things. I love thinking about the future, discovering new ways to express our values in our life, and checking in that we're set up to get where we want to go. But that's not everyone. And even for people who do love to set goals, they may or may not be sharing them with their families. It's very easy to get stuck in the monotony of day-to-day life. We're just trying to manage everything we have on our plate. We might not always have the time or energy to dream together, especially because there's also a fear there. What if we set and get excited about a long-term vision and never get there? Or what if what we assumed our partner wanted isn't what they really want? But we have to break out of the rut and overcome that fear, because if we don't have a clear idea of what type of future we want, we'll overlook opportunities to get there. We'll make decisions that prioritize the near-term over the long-term. And most of all, we'll struggle with changing our current money habits, arguing about getting out of debt or keeping a budget, because what's the point? Our long-term vision is our financial why. It lets us know what we have to save and prepare for, and lets us tell ourselves and our kids what our financial priorities are, and it lets us track our progress towards our dream, a massive motivator. As for the fear, wouldn't it be better to find out now that you and your partner are planning for different futures and find a way to come together instead of being 50 or 60 with way fewer options and dealing with all that built-up resentment? So in this step, set up a dream date with your partner. Or if you're single, make time for a special night on your own. And then dream. What do you want your career path to look like? Do you imagine moving to another country at some point or starting your own business? When do you want to retire? And what would your days look like in retirement? This vision will inform your current decisions. If your family is planning to move across the country in two to three years, you may choose to keep renting instead of buying that house. Or you might skip that massive renovation project. If you want to help your kids pay for college, you might make some more sacrifices in the near term to save for that goal while still keeping up with your retirement goals. Keep in mind, your vision for the future will probably change. As we age, we gain experience and find new passions, so we might decide on something different. That's okay. You're not carving these ideas in stone. Just make what you want right now as clear as humanly possible, because the most important thing is to get excited about preparing for the future and defining your priorities. For the next step in our family money values, we're going to bring in some more major players, your kids. It's time to decide how you're going to treat your kids financially and what money lessons you most want them to learn. Our kids are watching our behaviors, how we handle money, how we talk about money, what we prioritize. Just like we absorbed lessons from our parents, our kids learn from us. The clearer we are on what we want to teach them, the more effective we can be at modeling those behaviors and passing the right lessons down. But this is yet another place where, if you have a partner, you need to discuss and get on the same page. People have radically different beliefs about how to handle money with kids, not surprisingly. Do you think kids should have an allowance, and is it tied to chores? If they do get an allowance, what oversight do parents have on how they use it? When it comes to your own finances, do you lay it all out for your kids and let them know your financial situation, or do you tell them it's none of their business, or somewhere in between? Do you expect kids to get a job when they turn 16 and pay for their own car, insurance, and cell phone? Or do you want them to prioritize academics and extracurriculars, even if it means you bankroll them for a little longer? How much are you going to help them with college? I know these are a lot of questions, but there are so many places where money and parenting intersect. And since we all want to raise confident, self-reliant kids who don't end up in massive amounts of debt or calling us for money, we want to make sure we teach them the right lessons. The hard part is there's no 100% right answer. The answers might be different for every family or even every kid. And what your spouse thinks when it comes to those big decisions may actually be a complete shock to you if you've never spoken about it before. I remember a close friend talking about how growing up in his family, kids could stay at home as long as they needed to fully get on their feet before getting their own place. When his kids were teenagers, he was shocked to find out that his wife thought kids needed to be out of the house immediately after college or even after high school if they chose not to go to college. It led to them giving their son completely mixed messages about his options, which was understandably pretty difficult on everyone. He thought she was being cold and harsh. She thought he was babying the kids. So... Before even pulling your kids into money discussions or family meetings, create a plan for what you want to teach your kids about money, and agree on how you expect to teach those lessons. That way, you can give your kids clear messages, they'll better understand what's expected of them. But how do we pass those messages on in a way that builds a positive relationship with money? That brings us to our last step. We've made a lot of big decisions so far and have a great understanding of what we want as a family. Which means it's time to set some family money mantras. How will you think and talk about money as a family? Are you a family that lives in a place of scarcity or one of abundance? Do you have a growth mindset, believing you can always learn more and reach your goals? Or a fixed mindset, that if you're not good at something now, you never will be? Words matter so much. Both how we speak to ourselves and the things we say out loud. It's amazing how often I talk to people who still hear their parents' words in their heads, influencing their money relationships years later. One money mama reached out a while ago to tell me that when her mom used to balance the checkbook and pay the bills at the kitchen table, she would say, give me a second, I'm just trying to keep the lights on. For years growing up, this woman thought they were barely getting by. As an adult, she found out her parents actually did pretty well financially. When she asked her mom about it, her mom didn't even remember saying that phrase. She actually told her, I was probably just joking. And yet, whenever this competent adult woman sits down to do her bills, she still has to overcome this anxiety that there will be barely enough to keep the lights on. Choosing family money mantras and making conscious choices about how you will speak about money as a family is a way to make all the money values you've set so far real. Take some time to share money mantras and beliefs. And this is a great place to bring in your kids, especially if they're a little bit older, and choose your core mantras as a family. If this seems foreign to you, check out episode five of this podcast on how to make money mantras work for you. But I'll also share some of our own family money beliefs and how they tie to our family money values. In our house, two of our core family money beliefs are net worth does not impact your worthiness of love and belonging. And we have the skills and resources to earn all the money we'll ever need. The first one obviously speaks to my own mindset struggles, but it also reflects our family values of giving and compassion and how Jeremiah and I want to guide our kids to respect people from all walks of life. In addition, our long-term vision for our life is doing work that has purpose and giving to charities we believe in. It's a reminder to me and hopefully to the boys that chasing the flassiest job or the biggest paycheck won't necessarily lead to more fulfillment. The second is about both abundance and security. Jeremiah and I are both security seekers. We have a tendency to hoard money and plan for worst case scenarios. And we're already starting to see that aggressive saver mindset in our four-year-old. Maybe not the two-year-old, he's kind of a wild man. But that mantra is a reminder that we're all creative problem solvers with valuable skills. And that even if something doesn't go exactly the way we planned, we'll always have options. Your family mantra should pull the whole picture together. If you could only have a couple of one-liners to express what your family believes about money and what you want your kids to carry into adulthood, what would you say? Do your other behaviors and language align with those mantras? If not, check yourself and each other, and you'll improve your own relationship with money as well as your children's. You've got this. Mama, understanding your family money values is an investment in your relationships and your family happiness. They provide so much grounding for how we can consider and discuss money decisions big and small. How do we handle a windfall of cash? How do we talk to our kids about earning, saving, and spending? It may feel like a big undertaking at first, because our inclination is to just deal with the surface level. What's this month's budget and how much do we have to spend on groceries? It seems easier and more natural, right? But if we want our family to have buy-in on our long-term goals and to appropriately understand and manage the emotional aspects of money so our conversations are more compassionate, we need to set that foundation of shared family money values. So let's do a quick recap of how we do that because we went over a ton of stuff today. One, we have to understand the players. Take time to understand your money history and beliefs. If you're in a relationship, share those things with your partner and listen without judgment to their money story. Two, identify your life values. What matters most to you? What defines you as a person and as a family? Three, create security for all involved. You and your partner need to define what makes you feel safe financially so that you can consistently provide that for each other. Four, set your long-term vision. Know where you're headed and what your priorities are. Five, determine how you want to handle money with your kids. What are you looking to teach them and what support will you provide as they get older? And finally, sixth, choose your family money mantras. How will you commit to talking about money to each other and to yourself? When we have a shared value system and money narrative, we're connected. Everyone knows what's important and how we make decisions. You'll have focus. Mamas, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about determining your family money values. I hope you're feeling confident in the steps you can take to get on the same financial page with your loved ones. As a reminder, you can view the full show notes of this episode and download your free copy of our Family Money Values template in the show notes at smartmoneymamas.com forward slash 29. Thank you again for listening to the Smart Money Mamas show. I love and appreciate you. Keep talking money mama. I'll see you next time.